California's theme parks are demanding changes to the state's reopening guidance, arguing that they're being unfairly targeted. The parks are threatening legal action against the state because there is a path to reopening that's safe, they argue, for both employees and parkgoers. Frustration is mounting, just as cases begin to creep up here and across the nation, and San Diego County remains on the cusp of the dreaded purple tier. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Lori Weisberg, you cover tourism for the San Diego Union-Tribune. You've been following this story. When you explain the problem here, what is the current guidance that allows theme parks to actually reopen? So the theme parks have been waiting for some time time to get that guidance. That came down this week, and it wasn't what they expected it to be. Um, They are, as you know, as you pointed out, we're in a tiered system. So before theme parks can open, the home county of whatever theme park that is, whether it's Disneyland or SeaWorld or Legoland, has to be in the least restrictive tier. We're um, in the second most restrictive tier, so we have a ways to drop to get to that point. That's the thing that the theme parks find most trouble troubling. They think counties like L.A., Orange County, San Diego, big with big populations, it's going to be God knows when before they get into those um, tiers. So they think that they might as well have said theme parks, you're going to be closed for the foreseeable future well into next year. The other part of it is once they get into that tier, their home county gets into that tier, they would still be limited to 25% capacity which isn't a lot. I think they'd be satisfied with that if it was in, um, if they could open more quickly. So just 25%. And another another provision that they're um, balking at is that it requires a reservation system so that um, patrons of theme parks would have to reserve at least 24 hours in advance. And then the theme parks themselves would have to contact each person who made a reservation to do a symptom check. And they're saying that's just unworkable. Mm -hmm. And it seems like when the state has, you know, issued these guidances, some of these are almost impossible to reach because right now all the counties that are in this least restrictive tier are in Northern California where the populations are nothing like down here. Exactly. In fact, you know, during the press conference, um, the uh, Dr. Gali, who heads the uh, health services department, said, um, well, look, look, it is possible because he pointed to San Francisco and, and they're saying that's an unfair comparison, much, much lower population. Um, it's more achievable there. So they don't, they don't take heart in the fact that San Francisco reached that level, as you point out, Northern California, smaller counties are reaching that level. So they um, had been, um, they had initially been encouraged that when before these regulations came out that that things were looking up because the state agreed to send a team, um, a delegation to the out-of-state theme parks that are already open, primarily in Florida, and also that they were going to send a team, and they did, to the theme parks here in California to get a sense of, they would get a walkthrough to get a sense of how things could work. So they really thought that the state officials were engaged and that that would lead to regulations they could live with. And instead, they were quite surprised with with the outcome, they, they felt like they weren't listened to during that um, during those on-site visits. Mm-hmm. And what do we know about transmission in theme parks? Because the ones in Florida are open and internationally as well. Right. So um, the theme parks themselves are saying that they haven't been linked to, linked to any outbreaks. 
Um, New York Times recently did a story looking at Disney World and and they said that they couldn't find any outbreaks. I spoke just yesterday with a reporter at the Orlando Sentinel who covers theme parks. She was a little skeptical, but she did point me to her most recent story in this month that said that there really have there's very there's a small, very small number of cases that are traced back to the Orlando area theme parks. So if they are, you know, if their health officials are to be believed, if the theme parks are be to believe are to be believed, um, there really haven't been um, any problems. Whereas, you know, we've seen in some businesses when we get the reports on outbreaks here, um, there are certain businesses that are getting more outbreaks than others. Um, but they're they're claiming that they haven't had a problem with transmission. Um, the state, however, argues that theme parks draw from, you know, locally around the country and potentially not now probably, but from around the world. And then those people go to the theme park and then they spread out into the respective communities and, and they're concerned about that um, potential for trans wider transmission after they leave the theme park. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine like reopening, but closing rides that are enclosed because obviously if you're screaming, you're, you know, creating more particles in the air than you would be if you were quiet. So some kind of ride that was enclosed like a Tower of Terror kind of thing is obviously more dangerous than in a roller coaster that's open air and there's enough wind that you're probably not getting someone else's virus in your mouth. Yeah, no, no, I know. And I was thinking about that because I was thinking, so once they get on the ride, I'm sure they all have to be masked, but especially if they're in an indoor kind of thrill ride and it's dark, no one's going to be tapping them on the shoulder to put the mask back on. So, you know, there's a lot of screaming going on and we heard about church choirs and that sort of thing, the potential for transmission. So you could see that wasn't discussed in the state press conference, but I could see that's probably something they're thinking about that, that potential, especially on a thrill ride. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the argument for reopening, have the theme parks kind of decided on a core argument saying, hey, here's the proof that we can do this safely? Um, well, they're pointing, uh, number one, as we mentioned, to the other theme parks that they say are doing it safely. They're also saying that, um, as you mentioned at the at the outset, um, they're um, look at all these other kinds of businesses, whether it's a salon or, you know, that are indoors or a, a barbershop or, you know, a shopping mall. They all are allowing some kind of, you know, inside operations why aren't they? Why are they not getting that same kind of treatment? And, and one point they made was even their restaurants, um, if they got into tier four, it would still be limited to 25% capacity. Whereas in all restaurants, when they reached that tier four, they get to go to 50% capacity. So they're saying, why this unequal treatment? Mm -hmm. Certainly. And uh, obviously, there's an economic element to this as well. How much of an economic impact are these theme parks in normal times? Uh, well, they're in, you know, they're in the billions of dollars. I mean, just look at just Disneyland alone. So when you multiply that out to um, Knott's Berry Farms, SeaWorld, Legoland, it's a, it's a lot. And then the big impact that I'm noticing are the, the businesses that really depend on that. I know they made a big point. Think of Anaheim. If it, other than Disneyland, it's not a big tourist destination. So all those hotels and restaurants, and, and similarly here around in Carlsbad and, and Mission Bay, that all those businesses that get added um, patronage because of theme park visitors, 
they're all really suffering. So it's it's a real ripple effect beyond just the just the job losses within the theme parks themselves. And and the, and the theme park companies during a press conference yesterday made the point that you know even if we were to open tomorrow at 25% capacity, we're not going to make a profit. Our biggest concern is and and you have to believe them is that their their employees, all these employees that are either furloughed or laid off that are sitting on the sidelines waiting. Um, Disney even pointed out that um, normally, he said that normally their unions are pretty boisterous and not always aligned with what Disney wants. But even even the unions, they pointed out, have appealed to the governor. They say it's now we now feel it's safe. Our workers feel it's safe. We want to come back to work. Yeah, it does seem like all these forces are really pointing at California for being as stringent as it has been. I mean, we've been lucky as a state to which, yes, you know, given our large population, we had had a big outbreak of COVID-19, but it wasn't as uh, disastrous as the one on the East Coast. So you could argue that maybe this strategy is working, but then how do you sustain it? It's like we don't have the necessary economic help to get from where we are now to the other side of the virus, whenever that is. Right. And we're obviously waiting for a, a yet another stimulus plan that hasn't been approved by Congress. So in the meantime, and then all the paycheck protection money has run out. So so that's a problem. But um, California really is, um, I mean, we have been seeing spiking rates, but California, it really is sort of an island unto itself. I, I didn't realize until today it's another story I'm working on, but the hotels want to bring meetings back. The, just even within the hotels, that meeting and conference business. Um, California is the only state in the entire country that hasn't opened back up for even small meetings. Even New York that has been very strict. They can have meetings of 25 or less people, um, but none of that's allowed now. So the it, there is a sense of California being so tough, but obviously they're also having to, the governor's office is having to try to be very careful because he doesn't want to spark another um, real large spike, which would have to close many businesses back down again. Certainly. And, you know, again, the problem with California is the fact that we're just such a large place with so many different intricacies. It's really difficult to make any plan that works for this entire state just because it's so different depending where you're at. Right, right. It's just, yeah, it's like a country into itself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So let's say this legal action is pursued. Is it possible that that could allow these uh, theme parks to reopen or to just simply, you know, maybe allow them to be awarded some damages? Well, so that's a good that's a good question. And, And they were very coy about it when the question by reporters was asked yesterday about. So what are your next steps? Will you pursue litigation? The executive director of this coalition of theme parks immediately jumped in and say, said, let me answer that. So it's clear they had this prepared remarks. And so they never said, we will pursue litigation. But in answer to that question, she said, all options are on the table. So does that mean that that's the last resort or not? And I don't know. I'm just not sure how litigation could force the governor's office to um, suddenly change his mind. Um, like you said, maybe maybe damages, but I, I, I don't see it. So I think um, maybe they're holding that out as sort of a cudgel in hopes of the governor's office maybe uh, reopening the lines of communication so that they can relax this a little, or, or maybe there's some other next step in between. So they were a little coy about what, what they're doing. They did say repeatedly during this news conference yesterday, the different theme park companies that 
they are going to try to continue working with the state in, in a more collaborative manner. But I think they're holding that off that thread. And these are these are big, powerful companies. Universal Studios, Walt Disney Company. These are, those are big companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem like no matter what happens, the economic damage is already done and it's going to continue for the short term at least. Right, right. And I and I think they're... Um, there is, you know, a push. I think I think the public wants theme parks to reopen too, and and we're seeing. Um, we didn't mention, but SeaWorld is sort of a little different because it has marine mammals. It got permission um, to operate under the rules for zoos and aquariums. So we're, it's partially reopened, but at very small capacity. And is it really a true test? Not really, because all the rides are shut down. So um, the only thing you can see, you can go into their theaters their outdoor theaters and see the animal presentations and socially distanced. Um, but the, the theme park aspect of it is, is not open. Mm-hmm. And at this point, uh, when do we expect to hear next from these leaders or are they, you know, still working on that next step? Yeah, I've asked that question. I, they, I don't know. I think there, I'm sure there's a lot of strategizing going on behind the scenes, but they're not um, playing their hand yet just yet. I think that, the opening salvo was that press conference. They um, they wanted the word out that they are not happy and they are willing to do anything and everything to speed this up. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we have seen the state, the governor's office, continuing to make adjustments. And the most recent adjustment was this tiered plan. So we'll see if the, they'll relax the metrics for those tiers. Um, that that's Maybe that's really the next step, if, if the, the governor's office changing how hard it is to get into, you know, these lower level tiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many questions remain. Laurie Weisberg, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. If you want to include the San Diego Union Tribune in your morning routine, check out our daily flash briefing. Every weekday morning, hear a quick summary of the day's top stories. Just search San Diego Union Tribune wherever you get your podcasts, including smart speakers. Until next time.